Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Rethinking Rehab with Dr. Shane Smith. I'm a licensed physical therapist practicing out of Naples, Florida. I'm my own clinic called Naples Premier Physical Therapy. Today's episode on the podcast is big number 30, and I'm going to do a research rundown today. Um, kind of going hand in hand with the prior podcast done last week related to cycling and doing some different measures to help with spinning and other cycle-based activities. I came across a newer uh, piece of research that was published in Osteopractic Physical Therapy. Um, it is entitled Pudendal Neuralgia in Cyclists, Diagnosis and Treatment. So some of you may be wondering, what is pudendal neuralgia? So the pudendal nerve is a nerve that kind of feeds into our pelvic floor, and it helps with different pelvic floor activation of muscles. Um, two of the muscles in particular are the bulbocavernosus and the ischiocavernosus. Um, these muscles all affect our pelvic floor. So when we talk about pelvic floor, this is kind of an area that doesn't get much attention. Uh, and I am not a women's health therapist, so I'm kind of generally talking about this uh, for both men and women. Um, our pelvic floor is a set of muscles on the bottom of our pelvis that hold everything in together. Uh, there are a lot of problems people have related to the pelvic floor, a lot of which are dealing with uh, going to the bathroom and or sexual related activities that could be pain with or difficulty performing activities. I won't go too much into detail. I will leave that kind of stuff towards the uh, pelvic health physical therapist out there to discuss. But nonetheless, um, pudendal neuralgia is really the compression or irritation of the pudendal nerve. Typically, this is seen at the greater sciatic notch, uh, which is underneath your obturator internus muscle. So it's kind of a deep muscle right off the pelvis that attaches to your hip that controls hip movement. And this uh, pudendal nerve can sometimes get irritated deep to that muscle or by other ligamentous or bony kind of changes that occur, whether it be your pelvic being, pelvis being a little out of position, muscles kind of getting abnormally tight, a certain you know habitual thing, or in some cases like what this research discussed here, you get irritation of that nerve from sitting in a spin position on either a road bike or a uh, an actual spin bike. This store this uh, research was primarily related to actual cyclists. Uh, but a spin bike would have the exact same effects if you were on it long enough. Um, one thing I will tell you that's slightly different with spin and normal cycling is with cycling, you really don't hardly ever get out of the saddle, uh, meaning that your ass is in the seat virtually the entire ride, uh, as opposed to with many spin classes, at least the ones I've participated in, there's a portion of the class that is up out of the saddle standing and then a portion back down in the saddle. So that difference uh, in position relates to compression time on that pudendal nerve. So obviously those that don't ever get out of the saddle when you're cycling or if you're out on a road bike cruising the road and you don't get out of the seat, this is going to be more of a problem for you. So um, what you're going to experience most symptom-wise with pudendal neuralgia is going to be a sharp pain or a numbness to your genitals or your perineum, which is kind of in between the two ports of entry or exit. Uh, you can say the area between your anus and your genitalia is your um, 
is your peroneum space and that can also have pain, numbness, tingling to it. Uh, and for some men, erectile dysfunction also is a factor due to the nerve innervation to the penis. So a lot of negative bad stuff that can happen from irritation to this nerve. Uh, and there was a study, this is what kind of caught my attention. Uh, there was a study done in 2015 regarding 100 male cyclists uh, that trained on their bikes at least weekly distances over 400 kilometers so they were really rocking it hard on the bike weekly and of those 100 cyclists 61 percent experienced genital numbness and 24 percent had erectile dysfunction I don't know about you but I love exercise and staying fit and active but I definitely want to feel my genitals and not have erectile dysfunction issues from an activity. So as you can see, there are many people out there that love cycling. They love that kind of exercise, but can be extremely detrimental for other areas of life. Uh, and a thing that gets a little bit more challenging are the amount of interventions you can do to fix this kind of a problem. So um, there have been some criteria. I just wanted to list in this, in this uh, article that they do show um, the criteria to be actually diagnosed with pudendal neuralgia. You have to have pain expressed in the perineum or and, and or genitals, which is your you know anatomical male-female part area. Uh, pain aggravated by sustained sitting periods. So sitting's got to worsen your symptoms. Um, and also it cannot wake you at night because when you're in a position sleeping at night, normally you're not having compression on your ass where the nerves come out and thus we're not going to have issues with making the situation feel worse. So if there is pain at night, which they refer to as nocturnal perennial pain, that is a separate issue that needs to be looked at altogether. Uh, no objective sensory loss. Um, and positive response to an anesthetic block. So those are all different criteria that have been clinically looked at in, in research to identify if someone does have, in fact, pudendal neuralgia. Now, as I mentioned a moment ago, the interventions are not very good for one of these things. So you can either get Botox injected, which botulism toxin paralyzes things so you just don't feel it but when we're talking pelvic floor innervation i just can't see how a botulism toxin would do anything other than persist the numbness and or erectile dysfunction problems i don't think it would have any positive effect other than reducing pain uh, to this issue so that is one of the non-surgical interventions is botulism tox toxin injections nerve block same thing this isn't going to get to fixing any of the problems the the symptoms are not going to be affected at all by this it's just going to reduce pain that you feel um, pulse radio frequency stimulation that's maybe an option maybe not my favorite option uh, behavior modification now this is probably the most applicable for most people if you were riding longer distances and your uh, genitalia was going numb and or you were unable to perform sexual related activities you wanted to, uh, I don't think you'd want to cycle as much anymore. That's just my personal opinion. So I definitely think behavior modifications is a realistic option for this. Um, I think the two most reasonable behavior modifications I'd recommend for someone with this problem is option A change your seat out, get something with a little bit more gel cushion. Um, I know you can also get biking shorts that have a lot of gel 
cushioning added to the butt part of the seat and reducing the compression load that nerve experiences while sitting in the saddle would probably be the first thing I'd recommend someone with this issue to do. The second thing I'd look to do is reduce the time per ride. So if a normal 100 kilometer ride is an hour and a half, maybe going to just a 45 minute ride that's 50 and trying to do two throughout the day if possible to just reduce that overall time compressed in the saddle. Uh, or see if there's any way during the ride at different points, maybe every 10 to 15 minutes to get out and try to stand up more in your seat uh, while cycling for you know a few minutes just to also alleviate pressure off of that nerve. Um, physical therapy for pelvic floor is also another option discussed in here for treatments. Um, our current interventions and the last one noted here, which I think has probably the least thought is electroacupuncture. So electro dry needling is another option. Uh, and the main reason electro dry needling comes up is there have been reported useful use for it for urinary incontinence in women, um, typically seen after hysterectomies. So uh, I have experienced this with a couple of my patients, not from a hysterectomy side, but from just a uh, incontinent side with bladder uh, function issues and we have done electro dry needling as described here to um, the sacral nerve roots. So the goal with this is to try to get that electric current as close to that sacral nerve root coming out of the foramen and the sacrum as possible without actually touching it. This is kind of one of those get as close as you can without touching it kind of deals. Um, so yeah, that's definitely a function that's really good for. Um, as well as other um, issues affiliated with uh, spinal cord injuries. So there have been bowel and bladder improvements after spinal cord injuries, uh, as well as people with chronic uh, prostatitis or chronic pelvic pain, pelvic pain syndrome was also seen in research to improve with electro-dry needling. So not directly pudendal neuralgia, but different conditions affecting the same nerves. So pretty much the nerves that they discuss dry needling as a treatment intervention for this uh, problem is related to the sacral nerve roots S2, S3, and S4. Uh, these correlate to acupressure points or acupuncture points, bladder 32, 33, and 34 bilaterally. That is going to be just a couple couple. Uh, thumb breaths off midline, either side near those sacral foramen. Um, some of the parameters they discuss here with electro dry needling, you can either go on a two hertz frequency, you go on a five hertz frequency. Uh, two is good for reducing edema and trauma. So if it has been, let's say, a recent ride and this is the first time this ever happened to you, um, a two hertz frequency for electro dry needling would be ideal. Um, a five hertz frequency is gonna be slightly different. So the two, besides reducing edema, it, it releases a lot of endomorphs and different things that help with opioid receptors. So it does help with a lot of pain reduction in that way. Um, but when you go to a five hertz uh, protocol frequency for dry needling, it's gonna be more actually increasing circulation, vasodilation, increasing nitric oxide production, which helps with overall improved vascularization of tissues that may have had problems from compression. So 
when you start thinking about a nerve irritation like we're describing here or like sciatica from sitting too long, uh, they're all due to compression of a nerve. And anytime you compress a nerve, you're reducing blood flow, circulation, and nutrients to that nerve. And that's what causes the irritation. So anything like this, like a 5 hertz frequency that's going to really increase overall uh, blood flow is going to help with healing. And you can do a, a, a hundred hertz as well. They did des, des, describe decreasing neural sensitivity to itch sensation um, for people with a hundred hertz electrodry needling. So just pretty much how fast the waveform's moving changes how our body reacts to the current running through the body. Um, Overall, generally, it was discussed that for an amateur cyclist that has peroneal pain, perennial pain, um, upon just kind of slow initial riding, a lower frequency treatment like the 2 to 5 hertz would be better to decrease local inflammation and improve overall pain response. If you are a heavy-duty cyclist that's been dealing with this for a while, like just assume, you know, just par for the course, hey, if I want to, you know, be the, be the, the best cyclist, I would use... Uh, I would use certain cyclist names, but they've become cheaters, so it's not really a good idea to use their names as examples anymore. Um, but if you're a, a long-term cyclist that's dealt with this kind of pudendal neuralgia or you know pelvic discomfort from cycling for a long time, uh, it would benefit you would be more benefited from combinating uh, low and high frequency stimulation. So kind of going two hertz or five hertz to a hundred hertz, um, that does a good job at producing. Uh, the max opioid peptide and other receptors to help with pain and inflammatory markers. So it's kind of a good way to go both routes with this. Um, but the overall message with pudendal neuralgia is it's not something fun. It's not something that you would want to deal with long term. It, it, it is something very treatable in terms of behavior modifications, which I would argue is the best option as opposed to putting botulism or other injectables uh, that are just going to mask the symptoms of the nerve irritation. Uh, try to alter your biking uh, position. You could also change how far flexed forward you are in, this, in the saddle. You could raise the handlebars up so it changes how much forward bend your trunk has. It's going to slow your speed down, but it's going to reduce the irritation of that pudendal nerve. Um, as we discussed, changing the cushioning on the seat, adding cushioning to your biking pants, um, altering time in the saddle, altering time cycling in general for. Uh, another one I would mention would be some deep hip stretching and other things like foam rolling or uh, massage to your glutes to see if that can help alleviate some soft tissue tension on the glutes where this nerve runs. Last but certainly not least, consider finding electro dry needling specialist in your area and see if getting those bladders hit in the sacrum region that will allow for proper nerve root healing to assist with this process. That's all I got. Pudendal neuralgia and cyclist, not a fun deal, but definitely something that can be fixed. Have a good one, everybody. Until next time, stay healthy.